Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Do you really want a year, 2015, to be just ordinary, traditional, same old, same old, or do you want a different year? Do you want a, a year that's radical, a year that's, that's out of the ordinary, out of the box, out of the tradition? You want one? Okay, radical year. Well, the first message that I taught, we said that God wants us to draw near to him in 2015. We said that the enemy does not want us to draw near to him in 2015, so he has stratagems against that. That was the first message. And we said on the second message that um, God has victory for us, and he has victory, and we gave some steps in that victory. We gave four steps in that second message. The first one was that we need to recognize that we need to change. We don't need to be the same. And if you think you uh, don't need changing, then you will remain the same. That's a, that's a fact. You will remain the same. So we said we need to know that we need to change and we need to want to change bad enough to really make the necessary sacrifices in order to change. Some people want to change, but they don't want to make the necessary sacrifices to change. And so uh, we needed all, both of those, and it takes humility to do that. We talked about the Apostle Paul, how he uh, went from one degree of humility to another degree of humility. We said that in the second step that we not only wanted to uh, know that we needed to change and want to make the next necessary sacrifice, but we had to elevate it to such a degree, whatever we set as a goal for 2015, we need to make it sure it's such a high degree of priority that we're going to set our face like flint. We said that also. We said that regardless of what your goal is for 2015, you need to make sure that you ask God to draw me near to you, Father. Draw me near to you. Because without drawing near to God, I don't care what uh, your goal may be, it's not going to be a goal that's uh, sufficient for uh, developing an intimacy with God. Intimacy is what God wants. He wants intimacy. He wants transparency. He wants uh, a personal relationship with you. That's what he wants. And I know that a lot of times people, uh, they don't have a personal relationship with God. They have a distant relationship with God. And God wants a personal relationship just like he, uh, you would with your uh, marital partner. He wants you to have that personal, intimate relationship just like a, um, a child with a, with a mother, a father, son. He wants to have that intimacy with you. That's what he wants. We said that also that on the fourth thing in the second message, we said that uh, in Psalm 140, that the righteous wants to dwell in the presence of the Lord. And that's what we need to do as a, a body of believers. We want to uh, draw near, and as we draw near, we want to have a dwelling, a dwelling in the presence of the Lord. That was the four we gave on the second message. Last message, what we did, we went a step further. We gave four more. We said that we need to acknowledge the the presence of the Lord. We need to acknowledge that God, I don't care whether it's trying to lose weight, whether it's trying to um, uh, maybe 
to do whatever it is that you want to do, a better job on, on your job, I don't care what it is, uh, regardless what it is, we need to acknowledge the Lord. Acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord. That's what he says. That's what we need to do. And we said number two, uh, in, in the last message, which was actually number um, five, number five, six, number six, was that we need to make sure <clears throat> that we write down, prayerfully write down a plan that will work. Prayerfully, prayerfully write down a plan that will work for you. And then work the plan. Number seven we gave last week was that you need to speak those things that the Lord said about your particular goal. And then number eight, we said we need to mortify this flesh. The flesh is our biggest enemy next to Satan. Next to God, he's our biggest enemy. Do you know this flesh is no good thing in the flesh? None. Zilch. No good thing in the flesh. And so your flesh is an arch enemy. Believe me. He's an enemy. And this flesh does not want change. This flesh does not want you to, want you to, to progress in your Christian walk. Your flesh doesn't want, to, want you to, exceed, want to succeed in any goal. I don't care what the goal is. The flesh does not want you to succeed. Ask it sometime. Ask your flesh sometime. Flesh, do you want to succeed? The flesh says, no, no, oh, no. <laughs> the flesh does not want you to succeed. Believe me. Believe me when I tell you that. It's against any change. Ask sometime your flesh, hey, flesh, let's fast for the month of February and see what your flesh does. See what it does. I guarantee your flesh won't say, whoopee, I was glad you asked that thing. Man, I'm ready to fast, you know. Your flesh doesn't want to fast. It really doesn't. These steps that I'm giving you, they are, to me, they are like a guarantee that you will succeed in whatever goal that you set. Those eight that I've given you, they are spiritual. I don't care whether it's a natural goal. They are spiritual steps. You will succeed. How can you not succeed if you set um, your heart on drawing nearer to the Lord? How can you not succeed if you dwell in the presence of the Lord? How can you not succeed? I don't care what goal you set. How can you not succeed? How can you not succeed if you have it as a, as a high enough priority that you're going to set your face, face like sin? How can you not succeed? So we're going to start off with number nine today. We, we have 15. You think we're going to make it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Two messages to do eight. We're going to finish up uh, seven today. Okay, seven more. I want to ask uh, Linda to come up, uh, Linda Meadows to come up. And, and uh, the, the, this, this step here is an awesome step. I mean, it's an awesome step. And you remember I said that all these steps, just remember, they are just steps. Like she came up steps, they are steps to succeed. They're steps to succeed. And, and these, these steps I'm giving, this number nine step, Linda has been doing this thing for, I don't know how many years, two years? Two years, something like that. 
Okay, I want you to hold that right up to your mouth there, okay? And uh, Linda's very shy. Uh, those who know her, she's not shy. But if you don't know her, she's shy, okay? But uh, Linda, um, this, this, this ninth step is called have accountability, okay? Have accountability. Now, a lot of people fail in their goals, regardless of what their goal is, because they don't have accountability, okay? Don't care whether it's a spiritual or non-spiritual goal, you got to have some accountability. Very important. Very important. I have accountability because there are things that I just don't want to do. The flesh really doesn't want to do. Uh, but I have someone who will remind me what I need to do, get on my case if I'm not doing it. Because they ask me the hard question, are you doing this? And I'll say, well, are you doing this? No. Okay. Then you need to get back on the ball and start doing it. And so it's very important to have accountability. Flesh doesn't want it now. Flesh does not want accountability because uh, flesh doesn't want to be humbling, humbling itself to somebody else. Flesh doesn't want to do that. Okay. Number nine. What was number nine? Have accountability. Number ten is to have perseverance. Have perseverance. Very important. Very important. Because that's what Linda has been doing. She's had perseverance because she's been doing it now for how long? Two years. That's perseverance. Okay, perseverance. Through ups and downs, perseverance. You are not going to succeed in your goal if you do not have perseverance. I don't care what goal you set. You're not going to succeed. You got the enemy, the devil against you. You have your flesh definitely against you. And you will have to persevere. That's scriptural also. Let's look in Hebrews chapter 12. Let's look there. And look, look how important it is for God to let us know that we need to persevere. Chapter 12, verse 1. Now, we had just finished, if you read in context, Hebrews chapter 11, which is the, all the great faith people. And so it starts off in verse 1 in chapter 12. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses, witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance. That endurance is perseverance. We run with endurance the race set before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and, and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Jesus had to persevere when he, when he walked the earth. He had to persevere. He had to reach the cross. He had to reach his goal. He had to persevere. He had, he had the Pharisees, the Sadducees. He had the people that was against him trying to get him not to go uh, to the cross. He had good friends who didn't want him to go to the cross, his disciples, and he had to persevere. He had to endure. We're going to have to endure if we're going to reach the goals that God has, has put on our heart to reach. Well, regardless of that goal, you're going to have to persevere. And listen to what it says. It says, For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, 
so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You can go grow weary if you will set a goal, especially if you're going to draw near to God, especially if you're going to dwell in his presence, especially if you're going to do some things that's going to increase your spiritual life. You're going to have people, good people, that's going to be against you because there's no way you're going to spend the time in his presence and do all the things that we normally do and, and have the time to do all that you used to do. Something's going to have, have to go if you're going to change some things in 2015. Something's going to have to go. You can't do everything you've been doing and still set goals to achieve something that God has for you to do. You're going to have to make some sacrifices. And when you make those sacrifices, it's going to cause some problems. But you can't grow, grow weary and lose heart during those times. It says you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. And uh, so it goes right on to just tell us all about how the Lord does. And, and, and discipline is not an easy thing, is it? It's not an easy thing. If we try to discipline ourselves, it's not an easy thing to discipline ourselves, is it? Does it take discipline to reach a goal? It takes discipline, much discipline. Does it take discipline if I'm going to start eating correctly? Does it take discipline? Does it take discipline if I'm going to stop eating some things that I shouldn't be eating? Is it going to take discipline? It's going to take discipline. Verse 7 says, it is for discipline that you endure. It's going to be for discipline that you persevere. God deals with you as sons for you, for what son is there whom the father is not disciplined. Discipline is not a bad thing. Discipline is not punishment. Discipline is just getting us to a point of where we're going to reach a goal that's going to be something that's going to be different from what we've ever reached before. If you're in, in the armed service, you're going to, you're going to be disciplined uh, because you have to be disciplined so that you, when you get on the war field, you'll be able to uh, achieve the goals that you have set. It says, but if you are without discipline, of which all of you have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Discipline, discipline. It's going to take discipline. We will have to endure. Let, let's um, look at another place. Let's look um, over here in Second Peter. Let's turn to Second Peter. Second Peter is, is a good book. The first, uh, just chapter one, verse three. In, in Second Peter, it tells a little about perseverance too. You think that you're going to reach a goal without perseverance? You got another thing coming. Really, I'm serious. Another thing coming. It's not going to happen. Not gonna happen. It's a character trait of God to persevere. Did Jesus persevere? Yes, he did. Is he persevering now? Yes, he's persevering now. He's enduring. Listen to what it says in chapter one, verse three. Sin that you sin that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises 
so that by them you may become partakers of his divine nature. I want to be partakers of his divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now, for this very reason, also, applying to all diligence, we have to be diligent. We have to be diligent. But he said, apply to all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence. And in your moral excellence, knowledge. And in your knowledge, self-control. And in your self-control, what did he say? Perseverance. 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 Important. Very important. Not going to happen. Not going to happen if we don't have perseverance. All these qualities is, is, is good qualities. He says, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. And for if these qualities are yours and increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind, short-sighted, having forgotten the purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make, your, make certain about your calling and your choosing. For as long as you practice these things, practicing endurance, practicing perseverance, practicing these things, it says you will never stumble. I like that. I like that. I, 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 can, I can tell you for sure that you need perseverance if you're going to succeed in your Christian walk. You need perseverance. You never fall if you practice these things that he said here. So number nine. What was number nine? What was number ten? Have perseverance. Number eleven. Help someone. Help someone. Let's turn to Galatians chapter six, verse seven. Help someone. Help someone. He said, why do I need to help someone if I'm trying to reach my goal? Why do I need to help somebody reach their goal? I don't need to help anybody. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You need to help somebody. It's a part of making sure you reach your goal. Listen to what it says. Do not be deceived. What, 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 what's deception? I mean, don't go astray. Don't be, don't be, don't be misled. Uh, don't be deceived, see, because it says God is not mocked. Oh, he's not mocked. Why is he mocked? It, it's telling us that what God has said is true. You can, you can write it down. You can take it to the bank. You can put your life on it. If God said it, it's true. He's not going to be mocked. It says that what? Ever a man sows, this will he also reap. That's what it says. That's what it says. That tells me if I help somebody else to succeed, it tells me I'm sowing seeds into somebody else's life. I'm helping them to succeed. Therefore, those seeds are going to come back to me. I want to guarantee my success. If I want to guarantee my success, I need to help your success. That's what I need to do. Is there some way that I can help you succeed? Is there some way? Is there some way that you can help somebody else succeed? 
Does somebody need your help? Does somebody need the gifts that you have? So does, does somebody need what God has given you? Why should God help you when you won't help anyone else? When he's already told us that love is the law and the prophets. Right? Loving your brother, loving your sister, loving your neighbor as yourself. This sums up all the law and the prophets. Love. And so if you won't love anybody, then why should he help you succeed? Because you're not obedient to his word. Right? You don't love him. Because he said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. That's what he said. So I believe that you can help your success in whatever goal you set if you will help somebody else reach their success. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not easy, believe me, not easy to help somebody else reach success. Because most of us are like I am. We say we want to succeed, but we don't want to pay the necessary price to succeed. And so therefore, when you try to help somebody, they act like, you know, they, they kind of, have you ever seen anybody do that? They kind of go off on you. Because, and you're trying to help them. I thought you said you weren't going to eat any more desserts. Will you get off my case? You know, every time I turn around, you're on my case. You know? Well, you said you didn't want to eat any more desserts. You told me to hold you accountable. Right? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it is very hard to help somebody. Very hard. And a lot of times we want to help those also who are going to help us. I'll help you as long as you're helping me. I'll help you as long as you're, you're doing something that I want you to do that, you know, is reciprocal there, you know what I'm saying? But when it gets to the point where you're not helping me, then I don't want to help you. Isn't that our attitude? So it's hard to help somebody now, I'm telling you. It's hard to help somebody. We had to put this flesh under if we're going to help somebody. But don't you know that's when God really, really gets excited when we are helping somebody that said they want to help and then they bite, bite us or... <laughs> We really don't want to help them because they don't want to help us, and we help them anyway. God gets excited about that. He gets excited about that. Because there is a person showing love. There is a person that's putting that flesh under. There is a person who's not concerned about their own welfare, but concerned about the other person's welfare. That person has God's character. My character that's what God said, has my character, because don't you know that we do that with God? Don't you know that? We say we want God to help us, 
We sing about it every day, don't, don't we? You are my everything. You are my everything. Don't, don't we? Huh? Come on. <laughs> but a lot of times he's far from being our everything, isn't he? From we, the way we act. We sing it, but we don't act it. But God loves us anyway, doesn't he? Come on. He loves us anyway. So if we do that with somebody else, then that tells us that, oh, I'm developing the character of God. God is that way with me. And that excites God, it excites me. So I know I'm doing pretty good when I really don't want to help somebody because they are against me, they're not helping me, but I help them anyway because I want to be a blessing to them. I believe that I am really putting this flesh under. What you think? Come on, what you think? You're putting this flesh under. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I believe I'm doing okay when the person say they want me to help them, but then when you try to help them, they bite you, but you still help them anyway. You keep coming back to them. You keep helping them. Oh, my goodness gracious. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. God will, will reward you. Number nine was what? Have accountability. Ten. Eleven. Twelve. If you fall, fall forward. If you fall, fall forward. Now, if you know anything about sports, if you know anything about football, if you know anything about running backs, when a running back gets hit, the worst thing to do is fall backwards. What you want to do is twist, fall forward, because you're going to gain yards. Even though you got hit, you're going to gain yards, because they put the ball where you hit the ground at, and so you fall forward. Just because you fall doesn't mean you have failed. You understand? That's important now. You can't reach a goal that's worthwhile anything if every time you fall, you just lay there, wallow there, and you won't get up. That's not going to reach success at all. God is not like that. When you fall, fall forward. Get up. Start back. Where you left off, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. You will reach your goal. Guaranteed. You will reach your goal if you do that. Guaranteed. Okay? What Satan wants you to do is to fall, fall backwards, stay there, get stepped on, wallow there. That's what he wants you to do. Your flesh wants to lay there and for somebody to come along and feel sorry for you. That's what your flesh wants. Okay. God says, no, 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 no. Get up. Falling is part of the game. It's part of the game. Any goal that's worthwhile, you will fail. Some. But fail is not final. Failure is not final. Failure is not final. Falling is not failure. 
And failure, failure is not final. <laughs> so regardless of, of what it is, you know, because I have failed before, but I have still kept going. But it was not final because I kept going. Really. Really. For me to be the size that I am took me failure to get here because failure was not final. It took me falling and getting up because my falling was not failure to get here. Really. And so by the grace of God, I am what I am, but it's only because of me drawing near to him and say, God, God, this is a goal I have. This is a goal I want. And, and I say, if you will help me, if you will help me, Lord, I will never be overweight again. I didn't say that to him. I actually said, I will never be fat again. That's what I told him. He understands my, my language. Uh, uh, yeah. Because I was, I was overweight. I was not like I wanted to be as a physical educator. And I said, God, if you help me, you know, Kate uh, got the best of me. And so I said, well, if you help me, Lord, I'll never be fat again. Never. And he helped me. He helped me. Because I wanted to be an example for my children. I really did. And I was a bad example. And so uh, I'm telling you, there's not, not I failed. I, I failed. You know what I'm talking about? Fall, I fall, fall forward, fall backwards, fall sideways. I fall every kind of way, you know, until I got there. But I never did, I never did lay there and wallow or nothing. I got, kept getting up, kept getting up, kept getting up, kept going forward, kept going forward. And because I was drawing near to him spiritually, okay, and what happened was that I reached the goal. I reached the goal. Okay. Number nine was what? Ten. Eleven. Twelve. If you fall, fall forward. Okay, now, number thirteen. Deliverance is a possibility. Okay? Deliverance is a possibility. Now, now I said that because it's real. It's real. Deliverance is a possibility. Let's look at it in Luke chapter 13, verse 10. Let's go there. It's a possibility. When you set a goal, sometimes you will not succeed if this is not in there. Because, you remember I told you, we're giving you 15 steps. These steps are like steps going up to the stage. They're, they're just what they are. They're going forward, one step at a time. And this is in here because you cannot succeed all the time if you need deliverance, okay, if you need deliverance. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on a Sabbath day, and there was a woman who for 18 years had had a sickness 
caused by a, come on, spirit. Spirit. Now, if she would have, if she would, now this lady was bent over, bent double, and could not straighten up. If she would have made a goal this year, 2000, it might have been more than 2000 but uh, it was at 2015, I'm going to straighten up. I'm going to straighten up. I am not going to be sick. My healing is this year. I'm going to get well. Because, see, sometimes we are sick. Sometimes we do need to be healed. Sometimes we do say, my goal is to get rid of this allergy, get rid of whatever it is. That's my goal. Well, this lady could have done all the things she wanted to do and didn't have deliverance in this step, she would, have succeeded. She would not have succeeded. Because it was, it was, it was, her sickness was because of a what? Spirit. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your sickness. Ooh, that's awesome. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made erect again and began glorifying God. Do you believe that this is just Luke? This is not Lynchburg, Virginia. This is not Cornerstone Community Church. That was a synagogue. Nobody gets sick because of the spirit of infirmity, it says in the King James Version, because of the spirit of infirmity. No spirits cause infirmity, weaknesses, these days and times. Do you really believe that? I hope you don't. I hope you don't believe that. I hope you believe that whatever it says in the Bible is true. And if it was true then, it's true now because the unclean spirits have not gone anywhere and hidden in their closet. They're still here. Sometimes we need to get hands laid on us. Sometimes we need to get prayed over. Sometimes we need to have somebody do something to get this unclean spirit off. It's causing a problem. If we have gotten to the step where we don't seem to be able to succeed regardless of what we have, we've, we've done, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, we're up to 10, 11, 12, and we still are not succeeding, there's a possibility of deliverance needed. Is a possibility of deliverance needed. And there's nothing wrong with going to somebody and say, hey, would you pray for me? I need, I, I need to succeed and I'm not, being able, I'm not getting a victory over this thing and it might be just a, a spirit of infirmity. It might be a weakness. It might be something that is hindering this thing from the spirit realm. 
Because you remember I told you in the first message that, that the devil does not want us to succeed. And the devil is not just one spirit, you know, alone. He has all these unclean spirits. And these unclean spirits, they try to latch on to us. We're not demonized. We don't, we don't believe a Christian can be demonized. We don't believe that, you know, but we do believe that an unclean spirit can affect you. Believe me, I know for a fact, okay? Unclean spirit can affect you. We need to get that, get that unclean spirit dealt with, okay? Number 14. Thank God for what he's already done in your life. He's given us salvation, hasn't he? Thank God for what he's, he has done that doesn't have anything to do with your goals because you're breathing. Thank God for that. See, a lot of times, uh, attitude or gratitude will help you to succeed in your goal because it's actually God who's going to help you succeed. It's God who's going to cause this thing to come to pass. So why not do what you should do anyway? Thank God. Don't thank him just because, don't thank him when you reach a goal. Thank him while you're on your way. Thank him when you fall. Thank him when you get up. Thank him all the time because you can thank him for something else. You don't have to thank him for what you just fell for. You can just thank him for what you didn't fall for. Isn't that true? Yeah. God loves an attitude of gratitude. Loves it. And you say, well, I don't know about that. Well, yes, you do know about that if you read your Bible. Because don't you remember when some lepers got clean? Well, you know, when they say, hey, has, you know, son of David, you know, hey, we have mercy on me. He said, go show yourself to the priest, right? Remember that? It's not in the notes, but it's okay. And then, then what happened was that they went, whoa, they got healed, didn't they? What happened? How many came back? One. And what did he say? Woo, I'm so glad you came back, man. This is cool, you know. I'm excited about you coming back, you know, but you shouldn't have come back because I told you to go. Did he say that? He didn't. What did he say? Where are they what? Why would he ask that question if he didn't care about an attitude of gratitude? And what did he say to the one who came back? Your faith has made you what? It's a difference between heal from leprosy and wholeness, isn't it? Do you know leprosy will eat part of your body off? Have you ever seen a leper person uh, in, in, in the Bible, you know, that has pictures sometimes, part of their nose gone, part of their, you know? You believe you can be healed, it's not eating anymore off you, you know, you're healed from it, but you still don't have but a half a nose. One of your fingers gone. And if he says, you're made whole now, woo, can you imagine? They get all the parts back. That's pretty cool. Thank God. Thank God in the midst of it. Okay? 
Number 15, the last one. You thought we were going to get through with it. I know you I know you thought that. Where is your faith? <laughs> the last one, number 15. Maintain your victory. Maintain your victory. See, I already told you that, that you, you're assured the victory if you do these steps. I mean, you mean they, they are, they're God's steps. I mean, they maintain your victory. People have lost victories before. They've lost victories before. Really, I'm serious. I'm serious. Let's take an easy one that you know very, 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 very well. Have you ever lost five pounds? Anybody ever lost five pounds? Yeah, I have lost five. Anybody ever gained them back? Yeah. We've lost victories. <laughs> We've lost some victories. <laughs> Maintain the victory. <laughs> Maintain your victories. Okay? Let's, let's uh, look at just a, a way out case in Luke chapter 11. Let's look there in verse uh, 24. Let's close on that one. Someone in the crowd, nope, that's not it. Don't want that one. When the unclean spirit goes out of a man, are we there? It passes through waterless places seeking rest. And not finding any, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds it swept and put in order. Then it goes and takes along seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they go in and live there, and the last state of that man becomes worse than the first. The person... It's talking about a man here had an unclean spirit that left. But it did, they didn't do anything. They didn't maintain the victory. They didn't, they didn't put something in the house, in the place. You know, they didn't put God in. They didn't, they didn't know how to draw near to God. They didn't know how to dwell in his presence. They didn't know how to put the word of God in, all the things we've been talking about in the first, four, first three messages. They didn't know about all that stuff, so they didn't do it. I'm telling you, maintain the victory. If God gives you the victory, don't let the enemy, don't let the flesh take the victory. It's wasting a lot of time, a lot of uh, really energy from you. From uh, It's not really a good stewardship of God's grace. Is it? And if I said, God, if you do this for me, I'll never do this again. Don't you know that God expects me to keep my word? He's going to give me the grace to keep his word and my word. Do you understand that? And I know that I can keep what he gave me, the victory he gave me, if I will keep this flesh under, and if I will do the same thing I always do, make sure that I recognize that God gave me a victory and I'm going to maintain it. The enemy is not going to steal it. This flesh is not going to steal it. Pineapple cake not going to steal it. Nothing going to steal this victory. Nothing. 
I've come too far. It took too long. I mean, it was, it was torture. You hear what I'm saying? Sometimes I'll get mad at Minerva, you know, because I was hungry. I'm serious. I don't know, y'all might not have been in the flesh like me, but I get up there. This flesh is, this is, I'm telling you. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.